This is Locked on Clemson. You've got Matt Smith here with you. I'll be covering Clemson and Georgia Tech tonight, senior night for the Tigers. We'll also have Will Merritt join us in just a little bit. And it's a very interesting conversation with Will about the new faces along the offensive line for Clemson. And just we'll dig into how important it is that Coach Caldwell and Tony Elliott make a determination on the five offensive linemen for Clemson and how quickly those guys mesh. And, you know, it's the way I talk about it, and you'll hear this a little bit later on when we talk to Will, but think of it like a Rubik's Cube because it's a balancing act between getting the five best athletes on that offensive line, but then also in the right positions that are going to play together as a unit. So you can't just take your five best linemen and throw them out there because it may be that those five linemen none of them happens to have the skill set that can be a center. Or what if you happen to have five really good linemen, but none of them are much at left tackle? Well, you can't live like that because you've got to protect Trevor Lawrence's blind side. So it's it's this Rubik's Cube of the athletes that you've got, the five best players, alongside the five guys that can work together as a unit, five fingers in a glove. And Will Merritt is uh, as good at anybody about it, talking about that, explaining it, uh, and of course having lived it playing offensive line and making all ACC as a player under Tommy Bowden previously. So we'll, we'll talk about that with Will Merritt. Of course, very close friends with Tony Elliott. So we suspect we're going to get some pretty good inside information over the next few weeks as spring practice uh, continues to ramp up about uh, what Tony Elliott's going to do. We talked yesterday that one of the things Tony Elliott wants to do is, in crucial situations, he's going to run the football more with Travis Etienne. So, uh, you know, did some self-scouting. It's something we talked about on this very podcast, Locked on Clemson, that maybe Travis Etienne was underutilized because when you're watching his workload, sometimes you get lulled into, hey, it's third and four, Let's put the ball in the air. We like the matchups on the outside with T. Higgins and Justin Ross. But Clemson won for 11 in the national championship game. And I think we can all agree, should have run the football more uh, because Travis Etienne, not just in his career, 7.8 yards per carry, but over the last two games, Ohio State and LSU, uh, just tremendous efficiency there. So that's just one of the things that he self-scouted. He also wants to ramp up the tempo again. Clemson really, uh, you know, pretty far down. Um 72 plays per game, and of course, controlling most games. I, I don't know. Uh, Tony Elliott thinks it's a good idea to go back to the up-tempo. I actually thought Clemson last year, playing a little bit more methodically, had plenty of success. 43.9 uh, points per game. Uh, the yards per play were there. Their yards per carry was second in the country at six yards per rush play. Maybe, maybe. Tony Elliott is on to something. He said he wants to get it back up to 80 plays, which would put Clemson back in the top five in plays per game uh, in college football. But last year, down at 72, again, um, the teams that ran the most plays last year, Wake Forest, SMU, uh, teams like that, weren't necessarily the best teams in football. And Clemson was. Clemson was one of the top two teams in college football last season. So those are just some of the things that Tony Elliott's been talking about and we will continue to talk about with Will Merritt. Uh, baseball. Uh, Clemson starts that series with Boston College today. Let's all pray the rain away. And, uh, you know, I, I talked about it yesterday on, on yesterday's edition. The Tigers 
need a sweep here. Uh, I, I, I know that it's hard in baseball to get greedy, especially in conference play, to get a sweep. But you erase that poor performance against College of Charleston, kind of RPI-wise, if you go ahead and sweep Boston College. Now, I know that's greedy, and I know how hard it is to do. And every year, we see upsets, especially in conference play. But, again, look at these ERAs from Boston College's starters. Mason Pelio, 4.5 ERA. On Saturday, you've got Joe Mancini going. His ERA, north of 5, 5.79. And then on Sunday, they the Tigers will face Emmett Sheehan, a 7.84 ERA. Clemson's 8-2 at home. They have one of the dregs of the ACC. And you have got arms like Weatherly, Sharp, Strider, Clark, Spicer, Spires, all on full rest, all available to you. Light up Boston College. That's the goal this weekend. Crooked numbers. Attack offensively. And get into double figures on offense. It's time for this lineup to wake up. Kier Meredith has been doing it. Well, follow his lead. Elijah Anderson, he's been doing it. Follow his lead. Davis Sharp, swinging the bat well. Now it's time for everybody. It's, it's Brewer, Hawkins, Sam Hall. Uh, everybody get into the act. Put up runs this weekend and sweep Boston College. Um, also, uh, also happening in the world of Clemson. This is just outside the sphere of Clemson, but Dorman High School going for its fourth state championship in a row. Perhaps the greatest run uh, in in big time. You know that 4A, 5A level basketball um, in 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 state history. And who's spearheading all of this? Well, the head coach is Thomas Ryan, and then below him, PJ Hall, the six foot nine inch. Clemson recruit, and we're going to track what he does tonight. I'll actually be at the Clemson-Georgia Tech game for senior night for Clemson. Won't be able to watch P.J. Hall tonight against Dutch Fork, but Clemson fans, be excited about Hall. I know some of the basketball program uh, It can be a disappointment. I know that. I understand it uh, because they always seem to follow up wins like over top six teams like Florida State with losses to Virginia Tech, but what Brad Brownell has built, and then you put P.J. Hall into it, roll him into it, there's a really good chance that this Clemson team has a good run over the next three seasons. Watch out for it. The only players they're losing off this team, Tevin Mack, Karan Scott, Paul Grindy, you know, you hate to lose Tevin Mack, yes, because he was a, a stabilizing force there. But the younger guards should step up by next season. Alamir Dawes should be able to, to play the way he did in the second half of the season, throughout the season. Um, the shooting will get better. And then P.J. Hall is going to make everybody a better player as soon as he steps on campus. And that's going to solidify what Clemson does in the post. Um, and look, Amir Sims just a junior. So Hall and Sims can play together next season. Makes you very formidable defensively and very athletic in the front court. So... That's something to be excited about, and P.J. Hall going for that state championship tonight. And, uh, and of course, as I said, I'll be at Clemson, Georgia Tech, so uh, the Tigers looking to finish even in ACC play. That's always an achievement in one of the best conferences in all of the country. And don't forget, as we try to judge this Clemson season, as we start looking back on it uh, over these 30 games now, Clemson has had players miss 71 games to injury. So, yes, they were inconsistency, 
But part of the reason that they are tired, and that's a storyline to watch tonight, because they played like a tired team against Virginia Tech, settling for 35 three-point shots, hitting just nine. 71 players, or 71 games, have been missed due to player injuries. That's been a lot to overcome. Sometimes Clemson's been down to eight or nine scholarship players tipping it off in ACC competition. That is a ton for Brad Brownell and company to overcome. So that's something to keep in mind. Just look. It's not an excuse, but just look at the perspective from that perspective uh, for Clemson this season. All right. When we come back, we'll be joined by Will Merritt. We're talking offensive line for Clemson. How important is it for them to identify the five players that will build up this line and protect Trevor Lawrence and pave the way for Travis Etienne in 2020? We'll talk to a former All-ACC lineman about that topic and more when we come back. It's your team every day. Locked on Clemson, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. This is Locked on Clemson. Will Merrick set to join us, former All-ACC lineman at Clemson. And he's been examining this Clemson offense in this golden era and all these college football playoff performances. And we heard on yesterday's podcast how We'll see so much of the influence of Chad Morris and Tony Elliott, the way he plays the games. And I asked, Will, what is it specifically that Tony Elliott is trying to accomplish? Kind of what is objective 1A for Tony when he looks out there on the field? And I asked him, is is it matchups? Is he looking to exploit matchups and those athletic mismatches that Clemson has over almost every opponent? I think it has to be matchups these days. I mean, I think you have to look at what, what your matchups are. And I think you have to look at what the, the, the scheme is of the defense versus what you're going to do um, offensively. Um, but I, I don't think it's so much as how how fast you do it. I think it's how how quickly you can adjust to what the defense might do and, and then – then you adjust to that offensively. Um, and, and, and some people might not understand that, but I mean, you know, it, it's all schematic, you know, I mean, if the, if the defense is giving you a certain secondary look or a defensive look, um, you, you have to adjust to that. And, um, I think that's what Coach Morris did a great job of. Um, I think he always kind of looked at what they were giving you versus what you were going to give them. And um, But l- let me tell you something about Tony Elliott. That dude is brilliant. I mean, he is brilliant. So he, I promise you, he's going to dial up something. And he's got a great staff with him, too. Um, I mean, not only is Dabo brilliant when it comes to offense, um, but Brandon Streeter is just absolutely brilliant when it comes to that. So, I mean, they're going to talk to each other, and they're going to go. I mean, there, there might be a three and out, and there might be like three straight three and outs. But I promise you, you give them time, they're going to burn you. They're going to find a way to burn you. 
Well, and of course, he's got great pieces to work with this season. You already talked about ETN, Trevor Lawrence coming back. I mentioned Justin Ross, and there's there's receivers everywhere. So let's talk about what you always say is the most important part of football, and that's the offensive line. So they'll have new faces, and it's spring. Well, of so, course I'm going to say that. Yeah, most of course you're going to say that. The most underappreciated, underpaid guys in football are the offensive linemen. So new faces there, Will. How quickly and how important is it for it? Yeah. It's, Here, it's here's what I want to ask you. How quickly do you need to know the five guys that will be your linemen and they need to get in those positions? You know what I mean? So they can work as a unit. How quickly does that need to come together? Yeah, it, it's tough. It's tough, Smitty. I mean, it, it is. It is a. It, that's that's a. That's a very tall task because, um, you know, five guys have to work as one, and I'm not sure that they have all five guys yet. Now, um, I'll know more today when I go out to practice, but. Um, you know, it, it's tough, man. I mean, that, that you got to have five guys that actually know what each other's doing. And um, so Coach, Coach Caldwell's got a – he's got a tall task because, I mean, when you're replacing four, whew, man. I don't, I don't know how you do that. Well, that, that is tough. And, Will, and, and I wonder – how much of it is so you let's say you're watching practice and you see a couple of guys really stand out that you know you want to be involved but what if they play the same position you see what i'm getting at i mean do you do you move a guy from say left guard to right guard you know absolutely you do i mean you you move you move all the pieces of the puzzle around until you find the five guys that actually know what they're doing together and, um, you know, it's like my best friend in the whole world, you know, Kyle Young. I mean, we played the same position and we were both centers and, you know, they moved me to guard, you know, just because we could play together. You know, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's just a, the pieces of the puzzle have to be right. And, um, you know, they had it last year. I mean, they they really had the pieces of the puzzle together last year, and I hate they didn't, you know, weren't able to finish the 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 year out. But um, it, it's not like that the right tackle can't play left tackle and the left tackle can't play right guard and the right guard can't play the left tackle. I mean, it's just you just have to find the five guys, and that that's a that's a tall task, man. And, um, but once you get it, once you get that synergy, then man, it's, it's something special to watch. It seems almost like a Rubik's cube that you might move, like you're saying, you move a guy, but then he's not a natural right tackle. So you say, okay, well maybe you're a right guard. And then you try to pay, take your left, left backup left tackle, move into right tackle. So it's like a Rubik's cube because you've got, you're trying to get both the most talented group together, but also the guys that fit together as well. That's exactly right. And, and you know, like when, when I played ball, you know, um, T.J. Watkins was, was a tight end. But then he got huge and strong 
And so what do they do with him? He, the, he, he became a right tackle. You know, I mean, he was a tight end. He, he, I mean, he was a frisbee catching dog. But, I mean, you, you just figure out a way to make all those guys work. And, and, and I know we don't have enough time to talk about this, but there's so many calls that you have to make when you come into the line of scrimmage. I mean, there's the center makes the first call, the guards make the second call, the tackles make the third call, you know, but then if you really get in sync with each other, you don't even have to make those calls anymore. You just kind of point and, and grunt or <laughs> do whatever you want to do. And, um, well, you know, that's another part of it. Uh, you know, everybody always talks about, offensive linemen you know you want to be a dancing bear out there but you guys as much as anybody are also out there thinking in between plays as much as anybody well in between every single play when you walk up the line of scrimmage there's so much communication that goes on between the center and the guard and the the guard and tackle and the guard and tackle and tackle and the tight end it's a very complex game and um but the one thing that I think that Clemson's done a great job of is simplifying things. You know, um, back in the day, I mean, we had to make a, you know, a odd and even call, and then we had to make a hobo call and ABC call, and you know, a, a, we had to align the linebacker, and we had to have a hot linebacker and a, you know, a lime linebacker. And, uh, you know, and they, they, they've simplified things to the point that, I mean, they can go up there and they can make those calls immediately. But <laughs> sometimes, Smitty, I, I, I don't think that people realize how much communication goes on. This is Locked on Clemson. Matt Smith here with you. So happy to hear from Will Merritt, and we always learn a lot when we talk offensive line play with Will. Uh, We'll be sure to uh, follow that storyline closely. Of course, he's going to be at a lot of Clemson practices, and he will share with us what he can uh, from Tony Elliott, Brandon Streeter, Robbie Caldwell, and others about the progression of that offensive line and which players are going to step up at the wide receiver position. Uh, look, a lot of candidates there. We'll dig into that next week. It's going to be fun to talk about the skill position players behind ETN, Justin Ross, and Trevor Lawrence uh, as we start looking for the future of Clemson football and who's going to build up that depth. What kind of year will Lynn J. Dixon have? How about Joseph Ngata? So, uh, uh, you know, a lot of that kind of talk next week. We'll really zone in on uh, Clemson offense and, and how explosive they're going to be this year under Tony Elliott and what might change under Tony Elliott uh, now that Jeff Scott is no longer in that room. Uh, Tony Elliott, will he do anything to put his mark on it? We heard from Will Merritt yesterday. He sees a lot of Chad Morris's influence on Tony Elliott. We're going to talk more about that as well next week on Locked on Clemson podcast. Right now, let's talk defense. Brent Venables, uh, he addressed the media after spring practice number five, and he's got a lot of new toys to work with. Uh, some great pieces on that Clemson defense. Now they're replacing some major pieces in the back seven. Let's talk about uh, guys playing in the front seven this year. So, and we'll, we'll 
really zero in on three names that could make an impact. We're going to hear Brent talk first about Xavier Thomas, highly recruited, to this point has not been a major impact player. He's been a good player, but a solid player, but has not been a splashy player. Is this the year that Xavier Thomas takes that next step and becomes the kind of player that Vic Beasley was, becomes the kind of player that Cleveland Farrell was, you know, kind of the headliner, you know, oh, Clemson in action today, you've got to watch out for Xavier Thomas. Here's what Brent Venables, defensive coordinator Clemson, had to say about the development of XT. He's got a he's got a good attitude and uh, he's got a good awareness about where he is and what he needs to do to, to make improvement and be a leader and, and to be accountable and all those things. So uh, he's done a, he's done a good job coming coming back with the right mindset. You know, I don't look at breakout years, you know, and all that, but uh, you know. He's just a young player, you know, and uh, thought he had a lot of good moments last year and got banged up and got a concussion. It's hard, man. You miss, you know, three weeks of practice. It's hard So uh, on anybody. So, uh, um, but we are pretty good on defense last year, and he was a starter, and I don't know how many games he started. Anybody know? He doesn't have to, you know, be Superman. just needs to do his part, and he, he must have done that. Real somebody, everybody would have found him. So you can see Coach Venables a little defensive there of Xavier Thomas. Um, and when you're with the guys every day, maybe you look at it differently, but I think Clemson fans have just been waiting for a breakout performance from Xavier Thomas. They want to see him healthy, and they want to see him dominate in ACC competition. That might happen in 2020. We'll continue to track it, and, and we'll ask Coach Venables about it as well after a few more spring practices are under their belt. But as Coach Sweeney has said, you can't not notice the defensive line right now. And part of that is because of Miles Murphy. Now, here's someone, it's rare for defensive linemen to come in and be able to make impacts right away. But here's Brent Venables on Miles Murphy and some of the youth along that Clemson defensive line that's flashing on film in front of these Clemson coaches. You know, the game's slow for him. Uh, you know, all things considered, right? just comparing apples to apples, the game's slow. He's been very well coached. He comes with really good fundamentals, knows how to play low and with leverage, um, very explosive, he's long. Uh, you know, he's not only got good linear speed, but good lateral movement and quickness, and he sees things fast. You know, uh, I would say like Christian Wilkins could see the game fast, and a lot of times you want, you don't want guys to see too much, but some guys just naturally, uh, you know, they can see a lot, but they, they still do their job well. And uh, again, he's got a, so we got a lot of work to do there, but those are some things that jumped out. He's strong. Um, I don't know what his weight room strength is. Um, I haven't really asked the strength coaches there, but um, he plays strong. You know, he's a good, strong point of attack guy, which again, for, for some freshmen, they're not able to do that. Uh, that's something that comes on a little later rather than sooner, but that's been good as well. I think he's uh, got some natural ability as a pass rusher. Um, really athletic and flip his hips. So, uh, we're pleased with, with Miles. So you can tell Coach Venables, got to be careful, doesn't want to give too much high praise to young players early, but obviously uh, Miles Murphy is one of those guys where it's there. It's there, you can see it, and that just makes this season all the more exciting for Clemson. It's just there's, there's something new and shiny to watch all the time. And, and not just Miles Murphy, how about Brian Brzee? You know, there's a lot of talk among the Clemson writers about the versatility of Brzee. 
And here's what Brent Venables has seen over just five practices. Well, high energy, high effort, you know, big time motor. Uh, he's got a humility about him. Um, you know, he's trying to learn from the other uh, other guys, and the older guys are doing a good job. You know, Niles isn't able to be out there, but he's doing a good job. Jordan is. Uh, Tyler's an older guy, uh, you know, as well. But um, you know, everybody uh, is trying to help him too. And um, uh, he's done a really good job. Had a good ball drill today. Uh, again, he's a he's a worker. He's a grinder.